Welcome to the Fantasy Jones. I'm Carlos Marion, and I'm here with Frank Amarante from the game day. Frank, how you doing? It's week six. How you feeling? Feeling distraught over Rashad Penny's season-ending injury. You just feel awful for the guy who's starting to get rolling. Uh, he just can't catch a break, and hopefully, you know, he gets a quick full recovery for next season because he's out for this year. Hopefully, he finds a new contract, but, oh, I'm gutted for him. Yeah, poor guy. Like you said, he can't catch a break. He just year after year, the talent's there. But it's just he's random. And it's not even something where, oh, he he always pulls a hamstring, so he's out for another four weeks. No, it's like he, he broke his leg. You know, it's not like a... Exactly. Yeah, it was just... How can you say, oh, I knew he was going to get hurt? It's just a random injury, man. Like, anyways, we yeah, move forward. Running backs get hurt. That's the number one thing we've spoke about for how how many months leading up to the draft and everything. That's why we took receivers early. That's why we did what we could uh, to kind of fade those top tier running backs. But hey, when uh, hopefully he returns next year, and uh, we'll get into that more when we talk about Seattle. Frank, we're here exactly. in the rundown. What are you gonna do? The rundown for week six. We're going to start cool. with your team, the Commanders, facing off against the Chicago Bears. Frank, how do you feel about the Commanders in this one? Well, the Commanders blew it against the Titans. I thought I'd pick them to win. They did not because like, they were right at the red zone and last play of the game. They can't get it done. Carson Wentz needs to get going. He's faced some criticism especially from his coach, Ron Rivera, who said, Why are, what's the difference between them and the other three teams in the NFC? He said quarterback, flat out. So maybe that lights a fire on their Wentz, but I bet against that. Having said that, I like the Commanders to win this game. You know, their defense is playing a bit better lately. You're starting to see the pass rush get going. And there's a mismatch here. Per Football Outsiders, the Commanders rank fourth with a 9.6% adjusted sack rate, while the Bears in pass protection are dead last 16.4% adjusted sack rate. So, like, just it's a combination. The offensive line is poor. The weapons aren't there. Justin Fields holds the ball long. But it's a mismatch there. So I think that's going to be a big factor in determining the winner here where I, I'm picking Washington against the spread. They're one-point underdogs. From a fantasy spin, I think Brian Robinson is right on that RB2 flex radar, low-end RB2, like high-end flex, because in a game, in his first game back, he led the team in carries, even though it was reported that he'd be limited, and he was. He didn't have really much of a snap share, but he did lead them in carries. So that tells me that that he was since he was instantly you know leading in carries that he's their one a in the backfield he's preferred over Gibson just like we thought coming out of the off season. You look at his matchup, the Bears ranked 25th in rush DVOA, which is on Football Outsiders, and 22nd in EPA against the run. Uh, Robinson's prop is at 49 and a half rushing yards. That's pretty high for a guy that didn't get much. Like he only got eight. He got eight carries. That they're really projecting that his role will grow in this game. And you add in the fact that this is a neutral game script, should be a close game where the 
where Washington is not playing from behind. And it's a good spot for Robinson. I like him. Going on to the other side, you're starting to see baby steps of improvement with the Bears' offense. The last two weeks, Justin Fields, hey, after not attempt after his first three games where he didn't attempt 20 passes, it was 17, 11, and 17. The last two, he's gotten over 20. So it's but we've got baby steps here. They're passing it more. And in each of those games, he set season highs in passing yards against the Giants, 174. Last week against the Vikings, 208. So starting to see some, um, you know, some light at the end of the tunnel for this Bears offense. That's good news for Darnell Mooney in particular. <clears throat> so Fields, you know, that's good to see because we want to see the they got to throw it more like let Fields show us what he can do. But to sum it up, I like Washington to win in a low-scoring game. We even talked about it last week, about how it really seems like the end for um, Antonio Gibson. Yeah. And now that Brian Robinson's back, week by week, I think it's just going to keep getting worse for him. Uh, J.D. McKissick has his own role. Exactly. And against the Bears, this is a... This is a nice game for Carson Wentz to bounce back, take all the criticism, and just kind of move forward a bit. Um, I don't hate the the pick. I think that the, it's such a tight game that I could definitely see the Commanders coming away with this one. And the Bears, like you said, are somewhat alive again, throwing a bit more than than they have in the past, and hopefully Darnell Mooney's keeps up this like trend that he's on slowly upward curve. slowly upward curve yeah exactly yes. but we'll see what happens next game frank the minnesota vikings against the miami dolphins how do you feel about this one all right well to start off i like the vikings passing game here kirk cousins is slowly starting to get in a rhythm and he's like that streaky type of quarterback his last two games he's combined to complete 57 of 79 passes, which is a 72% completion rate uh, with 569 yards. Now they play the Dolphins defense that ranks dead last in pass DVOA on Football Outsiders. Xavier Howard is back, their top corner, but you know they got to deal with Justin Jefferson and company. So I really like this game for the Vikings uh, in terms of Cousins and Jefferson and Adam Thielen. The only thing that gives me a bit of pause is it looks like Miami is going to be forced to start third stringer Skylar Thompson for this game and he was highly underwhelming against the Jets completed only 57.6% of his passes at a minuscule five yards per attempt so not only does that have a big a, a bad impact on you know Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddle but you know if Minnesota takes an early lead and they don't have to really keep their foot on the gas like they could start running the ball it's it's uh it's a negative for Cousins's upside but I like the matchup I I'm ranking him in the top eight fantasy quarterbacks for Miami you got to get a downgrade on their pass catchers uh the biggest development on that team is how Raheem Molster is just dominating the workload now he had a big game against the Jets ran over a hundred yards uh, on he ran for 113 on 18 carries while Chase Edmonds 
had one carry. Boy, was I ever off on him in thinking he would lead this backfield. And, you know, Miles Gaskin came out of the depths to uh, get more touches than Chase Edmonds. That was probably because they were getting blown out and they just brought him in. But if you're in a really deep league, like you and I are in NFFC, maybe Miles Gaskin, and this is a league where you have, I don't know, like eight bench spots, maybe a little more. He could be a little sprinkle of a fab bid, maybe if Raheem Mostert, not exactly the picture of good health, misses time, Gaskin maybe is lurking there, and he may be the next in line rather than Edmonds, who just seems to be falling out of favor with this coaching staff. As for the spread, it's moved up to round four. I still like the Vikings just because Skylar Thompson is playing and Miami's pass defense is questionable. I agree with you 100% on the pick I think that this is a game that Minnesota should easily handle. Um, the whole Tua situation is he's not even cleared. Or I think he went to practice on Wednesday. but yeah, I think he's he been allowed for limited practice, but yeah. he's no way playing this week. Yeah, there's no way. I think uh, that's just uh, going to be a week-to-week thing. Uh, I really... I'm intrigued by Miles Gaskin. You know, the the fact that Raheem Mostert, the main reason he's bounced around is because of his health. He hasn't he's one of the fastest players in the league, but he's just very injury prone. And it does not seem that uh Chase Edmonds is really doing much other than like some red zone looks. Yeah. It, it doesn't seem that he's gonna be able to kind of sustain this you got like 2.97 yards per carry what what can you really expect more you know from him as like more of a pass catching back it's going to be tough for him to establish that role as like an early down back if Mostert ever goes out yeah exactly okay Frank New England against the Browns how do you feel about this one we got to get right into Ramondre Stevenson. If you see, this is the this is what we talk about when we wait on the RB two and just attack receivers. This is the example of that home run because if you did that right now, you're loving life. He looks like an RB one for the next few weeks. Damian Harris expected to miss a few games, even though he got a limited practice today, which was weird. Came out of nowhere because there was a report that he'd be missing time. So. We'll have to monitor that, but I feel like that's just the usual Patriots messing up, messing around. Look what Stevenson did last week. 161 yards on 25 carries. You know, every time he's been given a large role, he's produced. Last year, against these very Browns, 20 carries for 100 yards and two touchdowns, four catches, 14 yards. He was already like a Stevenson, that is, already a rock-solid you know, RB2 flex type because he's getting passing game work. He had 10 targets in his previous two games coming into this past one. But now with Harris out, yeah, it's wheels up right there. Uh, another sneaky pick in the in the Miles Gaskin vein is Pierre Strong. If, you, if uh, Damian Harris actually misses a few games, Strong, the rookie, can get somewhat of a role in this backfield. Patriots always seem to want to get two running backs involved, and he's next man up. Uh, so 
again, if you're in that deep league, he'll go overlooked. You could get him cheap. Now would be the time to buy him. Not the, the time to buy him is not when he has a nice game because then his price increases. This is a fourth-round rookie. Who knows? Maybe he can do something. Crazier things have happened. This is an NFL season where Taysom Hill uh, is eligible at tight end and he's running for three touchdowns and there aren't even goal line ones. They're long runs. Geno Smith is playing like a excellent quarterback. It's just a crazy season. So anything could happen. Definitely worth a look. Looking at the Browns, Nick Chubb just keeps chugging along. That offense has just been so efficient, even though they've had Jacoby Brissett at quarterback. You and I just can't seem to get Amari Cooper, right? We've started him in the two duds he's had, and we've benched him in the three blow-up games. Uh, but you got to love what he's done. He, he's that boomer bust wide receiver, too. This game looks like a close battle of two strong running games. Browns are favored by three. I think if I have to choose a side, I'm, I would go with the Browns, but I'm laying off of this one in my betting picks. You know, you're off. You're you're going to stay on the Browns. I'm actually going to take the Patriots in this one against the spread. I think this is a game where uh, Bailey Zapp, <laughs> you know, you know has that, we've seen uh, what Ramondre is capable of and, a quick thing before we go on, what, where do you rank him? I see a lot of maybe even top five. In oh yeah, our boy week. Adam Koffler was really high on him right from Roto a Legend. Uh, I get why he's so high on him because he's got a big workload. He's got the receiving yards, uh, like the passing game work. But for this week, uh, I rank him RB eleven. Right behind Brees Hall, right ahead of Ken Ken Walker, uh, just because you know it's tough for me to rank Ramondre over Joe Mixon, who's getting a ton of work touches, Aaron Jones, who faces the Jets, you know Alvin Kamara, Leonard Fournette, Dalvin Cook, Austin Eckler. It's tough, but he's an RB one for sure. And when I update the rankings, I mean maybe I could put Mixon down because he's been really inefficient. And New Orleans' run D has been good. But, but yeah, you got to love it if you have Ramondre Stevenson. I wanted to add one. I just thought of Jacoby Myers. Just can, He's the most underrated wide receiver in the NFL. We need to fire him up on that NFFC team where we have DJ Moore. Because, like, look what Myers has done in three games. Just that steady contributed contributor. Four catches, 55 yards, nine for 95 seven for a buck 11 and the touchdown he just rocks solid so you, you love what you see from him yeah and he keeps putting it up regardless who's that quarterback doesn't matter even if like he was injured and you came back and you're like ah it's a little dangerous spot to start him and then sure enough he just gets 111 yards everything's fine um so that's a a nice play i think uh yeah for sure let's definitely fire him up this week Next, we have the Falcons and the Niners. Frank, is Tyler Algier going to run away into this brick wall? Yeah, I wouldn't recommend any of the Falcons running backs just because of how dominant the best run defense in football here uh, with San Francisco. Looking at this game, like the Falcons, as much as I've hated on Arthur Smith for his 
usage of Kyle Pitts and of Drake London and how they've been so run heavy. The Falcons have been those that pesky underdog team. They're five and zero against the spread this season. They're coming off a six point loss to the Bucks. Each of their three losses have been by six or fewer, including a one point loss against the Saints. Uh, it's a tough matchup against the 49ers, but we've seen San Francisco play down to their competition. Look at week one when they lost outright to the Bears. Look when they lost to the Broncos in that ugly, what was it, 11-10 type of game. So they tend to do this sometimes. And I like the Falcons to cover the spread as five-and-a-half-point underdogs and maybe upset the Niners here. In terms of fantasy, I'm hoping Kyle Pitts gets it going. He looks like he's in a play. He's returned to practice as of Wednesday, which is when we're recording this. I mean, he can't be worse than what he's been right now. Like, come on, get him involved. It's just me holding out hope. I have to see it. I'm In leagues where I have him, you just have to start him because you don't want to see him go off on your bench. Looking at the 49ers, uh, it's a good matchup on paper for Garoppolo against the Falcons in their passing game along with him, like Debo, Ayuk, and Kittle. But you got to be impressed. I was Boy, was I wrong on... Jeff Wilson, I thought maybe Jordan Mason could carve out a role, but Jeff Wilson's been so consistent, playing well. And now they're even getting Tevin Coleman a bit involved. So it's really those two in the backfield. Jeff Wilson is a like just high-end RB2 right now. Got to like what you're seeing. It's a good matchup for him against Atlanta. But I'm taking Atlanta plus five and a half here. Atlanta. This is a game where I'm I'm torn thinking that I th- um that San Fran will just outright win this game. But at the five and a half, it's it gets me a little weary. Um I think what you said about Jeff Wilson is right on the money. That guy is exceeding expectations. Uh we haven't seen any anything remotely close to uh the Jordan Masons or you know Ty Davis Price is coming back this maybe this week so but still like you said Tevin Coleman looks like he just is ahead of them both uh yeah. I am torn about this game I'm not gonna lie I think I might join you with the Falcons at the plus five and a half just because San Fran is more of the grinded out team. They might be able to uh, keep this game relatively close. Yeah. Atlanta might be able to. Well, we'll see what happens. Frank, we have the Buccaneers and the Steelers. What's going on here? So we have the Bucks eight point road favorites here. That seems a little bit high, even though the Steelers just got throttled by the Bills. I was off on that game too. Uh, that's a theme. I had a bad week against the spread, if you didn't notice. Uh, <laughs> talking about the Steelers, George Pickens continues to produce with Kenny Pickett. Caught six of eight targets for 83 yards against the Bills. That That's on the heels of a six for 102 performance against the Jets. So he's on the wide receiver three radar. He's just been outproducing Deontay in those two games. But Johnson is still the top. Uh, target in this offense. He had 13 targets against the Bills, leading the team. Chase Claypool had some signs of life 
had nine targets in that game. But remember, this was a game that was out of hand super early, and they just passed it every down. Like, Kenny Pickett attempted 52 passes. That's not going to happen often at all. Looking at the backfield, Najee Harris is the biggest, probably along with Kyle Pitts, the biggest bust in fantasy football. He had 11 carries for 20 yards. He's starting to lose touches to Jalen Warren, and Mike Tomlin said publicly that they want to get Warren more involved. Bad, bad news if you have Najee. Uh, looking at the Bucks, they still haven't really – they didn't really go off like I thought they would against Atlanta. Uh, the good news for their skill players is Tom Brady's attempted at least 50 passes in the last two games. That's huge. We saw Fournette blow up. 10 catches. Love to see that. Love to see Rashad White continue to have a role. Like, he had, what, eight touches last week after he had eight the previous week? Great to see. I want to see that. Like, it doesn't have to be fully Lenny. We could have some Rashad White there, and he's he's probably right now with Kenneth Walker now the starter. Rashad White is the best stash in fantasy football in terms of running backs. Uh, this spread for me, I probably pass. But if choose if forced to choose a side, I'm going with the Steelers at home plus eight. The Bucks, yeah, like you know what? Maybe I'll even take this as a bet because looking at how the Bucks have played this year, their wins they just beat the Falcons at home by six. They you know they lost to the Packers by two at home. They only beat the Saints by t- they haven't blown opponents out. Their offense hasn't gotten going. So I, I would kind of lean towards the Steelers here. Again, just like last week. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, but uh, it is, again, the high spread. And just watching that game with the Steelers last week, it they didn't really have a chance. It, it was uh, rough from the get-go. Is it going to be a similar situation? I don't know if we should be re- respecting the Bucks yet as uh, – as they haven't really proven to us that they can go out there and, and demolish a team that they're supposed to beat when they've just had these struggles throughout the year so far. But uh, with that spread, I think I'm going to go with the Steelers as well. Uh, I like what you said about Rashad White as well. Clearly the top, well, now that Kenneth Walker is the Starting running back, he is the best handcuff to get because realistically, how much longer were they going to run Lenny to the ground um, with that extreme usage? So let's see if uh, Rashad White can even carve out even more of a role through as the season goes on. Maybe we don't need a, a Lenny injury to have him as like a a viable starter. Yeah, he could have that type of Tony Pollard role. Yeah, exactly. And obviously he's known for his catching ability, so that would be a a nice little PPR PPR start. Frank Cincinnati and the Saints. Bengals and the Saints. But yeah, uh so this game here, I wrote this one up in my parlays article at the game day uh one thing looking at cincinnati their defense has been much better than we expected they rank seventh in pass dvoa and 11th in rush dvoa pretty balanced defense they've held 
each of their five opponents to 23 points or fewer. So their defense is getting it done right now, and that's forcing, like, like the Bengals, along with their defensive performance, their offense hasn't been the same, and pass protection's been weak, play calling's been uninspiring. That's forced them, like, they haven't gotten into these shootouts, and Jamar Chase has been a major disappointment. Uh, he's faced bracket coverages. He, he's been targeted much uh, in, in the more intermediate passing game. They haven't gotten him downfield. They haven't got him going loose downfield. Uh, maybe he can here if he sees a lot of man coverage from Marshawn Lattimore. He can beat him. But we just trust the talent here. Don't sell low on him. Obviously, don't bench him. He can just explode for a buck fifty and two touchdowns at any moment in time. So, and hey, I didn't realize this, but I saw Kev Masarajam, my buddy Roto Surgeon, tweeted this out. This is a good narrative. Burrow and Chase's first game back in Louisiana. I didn't that did, that just I, that slipped my mind. Maybe they uh, they connect in this game. I could see it. I could honestly see it. Looking at New Orleans. Uh, I believe Michael Thomas and Chris Olave missed practice today. I'm just going to pull it up right now. Here we have, yeah, Olave didn't practice because of a concussion. Michael Thomas didn't practice because of his toe. Even Jarvis Landry didn't practice. I would bet one of those three would play, but still concerning. Uh, I, I did read, I think, that Jameis Winston is getting closer to return. So we'll see. And, man, T Taysom Hill has been a cheat code at tight end. He's like, he's like tight end three in fantasy production right now. Just craziness. Good to see Alvin Kamara finally get going last week. You know, he had, what, over 150 total yards? Just going to pull it up. I know it was against an underwhelming Seahawks defense, but nice to see him. He, he even had like, look, he had 29 touches. That's huge. 23 carries, 103 yards, six catches, 91 yards. You love to see that, uh, especially our NFFC team, you and I, that has Josh Jacobs, who's playing elite, and Kenneth Walker, who's now taking over. That's a nice set of backs now. Um, but hopefully that carries forward in this game. I like the Bengals to win and even cover the spread, which is only two and a half. The Bengals, are they going to finally unleash Chase? I think this like narrative game, I'd love to hear it. I honestly believe that sooner or later, the massive blow-up game is coming for Jamar. I uh, don't know if it's this week, but I feel like sooner or later, it's just inevitable. Uh, also, with this game, I'm kind of really, really um, torn between, wow, is this Taysom Hill stuff is really cool, whatever. Is this going to completely just chip away at at Kamara's production when point. he's healthy? You know, like, is, is, is he going to now take these random red zone carries that, Quite know. possible because, hey, this is crazy how good he did last game. A 60-yard run? Like, what? Yeah, so it was like, insane. 
He's had a game now with nine for 112 and three touchdowns and four for 81 and a touchdown. I don't remember ever seeing this big play type of running ability from him. Pretty wild. I know he'd gain like 10, 15 here and there. And then the commentator would just lose their mind. Oh my God, Taysom Hill. They, they go, he'd run for eight yards and everyone goes nuts. Uh, hmm. But yeah, crazy. Yeah, that's a good point. He's definitely a thorn in Kamara's side in terms of fantasy production. Hopefully not too much, but it might be enough to be a little weary of Kamara yeah. rest of the season. I thought we were looking good with his health, but we'll see what happens from here on out. Next, Frank, we have Baltimore against the New York Giants. How's it looking for Lamar and crew in this game? All right. Well, I wrote this one up in my parlays. I got some good info here. My parlay article at thegameday.com. Look at this one. So the Ravens, we all, when we're thinking of the Ravens right now, our instant memory is that game where uh, Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddell each put up 160 yards each. But if we look what Baltimore has done their last two games, they're starting to show improvement uh, in pass defense. They held Josh Allen to 5.9 yards per attempt and also Joe Burrow to 6.2 yards per attempt. Those are great quarterbacks with very good supporting class. So that's really impressive to see. Now Baltimore gets back Tyus Bowser, who had seven sacks last year, and they're likely to get back David Ojabo, who they took in the second round. He's a rookie. Their defense was, my point is, it's not this, you know, cupcake defense that your receivers and quarterbacks will just explode on. So keep that in mind. And they look like a good uh, fantasy defense play against the Giants, who, despite their 4-1 and record, credit to D- uh, Brian Dable and his staff, they've been great. But, like, at some point, these limited receivers are going to catch up to them. Uh, Darius Slayton was, led them in receiving yards last week. Hopefully they get our boy, our boy Wandell Robinson back because the opportunity is there. If he's in your league, available on, on the waiver wire, stash him because, yeah, he could get those targets. Uh, from a Ravens perspective, it was disappointing to see Kenyon Drake get all that work. Maybe, maybe they're just limiting J.K. Dobbins. They don't want to give him a full workload yet. So you got to be a little. You got to temper your expectations on Dobbins. Uh, Saquon Barkley just continues to produce. He's been amazing this season, running so well, despite you know just like their offense isn't really good. He's just playing so well. You watch him run. He's had these crazy runs every game. Uh, so he's like an, in the elite tier of running backs. You can argue anywhere from overall RB1 to 3. That's how good he's been. Uh, against the spread, the Ravens are 5.5-point favorites, which feels like a, a bit too much because like the Giants have been pretty scrappy on defense. They held the Packers to 22 points. Like, they've been pretty stout. So, I, I don't really feel comfortable with the Ravens laying the points, but I also don't see the Giants going to 5-1. and one. Let's call it like it is. They are overachieving at 4-1. and one. So, if I'm putting this in a parlay, I would parlay the money line with the Vikings, uh, one that I uh, recommended earlier. Uh, hopefully, we see more Dobbins, but this looks like, you know, like a 23-17 uh, 
you know, 24-20 type of scrappy road win for Baltimore. I agree 100%. Um, I don't think anything that Saquon does can help them in this this game. I think Baltimore has just too much firepower on both sides of the ball to be able to end this little streak that the Giants are on and you know, it's not as if they've been playing fantastic. It's just been these random comebacks and slip-ups by the other team. So this might be finally the moment where they're like, ah, we're not actually good. <laughs> <laughs> I know I know the narratives being spun on Twitter probably are like completely, oh, my God, we're finally amazing. Finally. <laughs> We don't even have a wide receiver, and we're amazing. Wow. So, I don't know. I uh, I like what you said about Saquon. You know, you still see uh, some comments like, oh, you know, you take away a couple 30-yard runs, and he's just like this, that, and the other thing. It's like, yeah, but that is what he does, right? It's We've yeah, talked about it like exactly. ad nauseum. It's like these players do these things. They have these like big splash plays because that's who they are, especially running backs when you – guy of Saquon size coming at you for 20 times a game at some point he's going to break off one run right it's yeah he's just so explosive that yeah like you said you can't really hold that against him oh take away that 40 yard run he's averaging 3.5 yards per carry that doesn't matter that's how he that's how he is that's his uh that's his skill set that's how his production comes out he's not going to be a Nick Chubb churning 8 10 six five eight yards like that he, he goes like negative one one yard two yards 40 yards that's how it is yeah exactly exactly all right the jets and packers frank frankie and the jets <laughs> well let's start off with the fact that the packers got eliminated one of my three remaining survivor spots couldn't believe they lost to the giants they really blew that game one thing they need to do is get their running backs more involved. Aaron Jones only had, what, 15 touches. A.J. Dillon only had seven touches. Dillon has disappointed me. He's one of my favorite targets. I thought the Packers would be more run heavy, and I thought he'd find the end zone more. I didn't see their offense struggling to this degree. Uh, but I would, if someone's panicking on him, I could try to trade for him because even though he only had seven touches last game, he still had basically 15 per game every other one prior to that. Like against New England, he had 18. Against the Bucks, he had 14. Against the Bears, he had 19. Against the Vikings, he had 15. So he's like, he still will get that. And once their offense, because come on, they're with, with Aaron Rodgers, at some point, it's going to start to click. Like they've scored what, 22, 27, 14. They'll, have, they'll start to get going, and this could be the week against the Jets. They just got gashed uh, by Raheem Mostert for 113 yards. I still hold out hope for A.J. Dillon. Looking at looking at the Jets, uh, I'll talk about Elijah Moore, one of, another one of my misses. I thought he would you know, perform at a much higher level, but one of the things that you just can't trust him, last, was, last week was the last straw. I played him because Miami was without Xavier Howard and their pass defense wasn't good. But because Skylar Thompson had to come in, the Jets blew them out. They just ran the ball like crazy. 
So that didn't work out. But Elijah Moore is not trustworthy at all. Not only is he not producing, he's running really deep routes, almost 14-yard uh, average depth of target. And, like, when you run, when your targets are always so downfield, it's hard to be consistent because it's more difficult to complete a deep pass. And you add in the fact that under with Zach Wilson, they've been much more run-heavy. Brees Hall looks like a top 12 running back rest of season. He's a smash if you got him. Uh, and he's got a great matchup against the Packers who have a really poor run defense. Brees Hall is the one you want on this team. That's He's their focal point of this offense. Uh, the, Elijah Moore is basically like their third receiver now. He's even behind Corey Davis. Got to be really impressed with Brees Hall. I thought the passing game usage would would decrease with Zach Wilson. And, yeah, I guess it did because he only had two targets last game, but he turned it into 100 yards. He's very impressive, just a total package a running back. Carlos, you have him in our Dynasty League. That's huge for you. And if you have him in redraft, congratulations. You got yourself an RB1. As for the spread, I'm going to double down. I'm going to go back to the well. I think the Packers win this one, and they cover. They win by 10. But, hey, they really – I wouldn't bet on it. Like, I think they'll win. Like, maybe I'll put them in a parlay money line. But I wouldn't bet on them to cover the spread just because they really haven't shown the ability to blow out teams other than the Bears. Uh, they almost lost even to the Patriots the previous week. So they're hard to trust right now. But – Hopefully, A.J. Dillon gets going and wheels up for Brees. Yeah, I can see them winning this game. It's just tough to pick them on that spread just because of how they've played. We just finished talking about the Giants and how like they lost to the Giants, you know, the team with no wide receivers. And they they do these um, they do these things where it just keeps you don't know if it's going to be a good game or a bad game for them in terms of like betting on the actual team. Uh, it's, it's tough, but with the jets, I, wow, it really stings that, you know, Elijah Moore every week we, we come and we're like, yeah, you know what? This is the week we put our prop bets. You know, I've had a couple of, you know, yeah. uh, 20 plus reception receptions for him. Oh, like uh, long, like long, like, 20. like long, yeah, yeah, long like reception. long, long receptions for him, and and it hasn't come, you know, just like in Euro Trip, the the receptions never came, the receptions never came, you know, it's just, it's a yeah. shame, uh, but you know, Garrett Wilson, Corey Davis, Brees Hall, these are the type of names that you're gonna have to focus on with the Jets, and uh, let's see if they can keep it close, but again. I'm still going Packers and probably with the spread as well. It's it's such a, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I wouldn't bet on this game on the spread by itself, money line or nothing. Uh, next, we got the Jags and the Colts, Frank. A lot of things going on with the Colts backfield. How do you feel this is playing out here? Well, the Jags have really we could throw a lot of cold water on my hype on them. Uh, that's a horrible loss at home to the Texans. But if I'm not like, it just feels like the Texans always play them tough. And that just could be the case of a, a tough game against a division opponent that knows you so well. And 
can have those scrappy types of games, particularly in pass defense. I'm trying to pull up their recent meetings against each other. Uh, you look here, take a look at this, and I should have paid more attention to this because if I did, I would have bet on Houston. Look at this. After this past week's win, Houston has now beaten Jacksonville nine times in a row. Nine times in a row. So, like, that's a like, I even remember a friend of mine on Twitter, Anthony Servino, said that, and then I just forgot at betting time. I, I would have bet it if, if I paid more attention. So, I think it's just one of those games for Jacksonville. And the previous one is against the best team in football other than the Bills in losing to the Eagles. So, and it was bad weather in that game. So, I think Trevor Lawrence can really bounce back this week against the Colts. Remember that he picked them apart in week two. That was the game they just controlled throughout. They shut them out, too. Jacksonville, like Trevor Lawrence completed 25 of 30 passes for 235 yards and two touchdowns in that game. So he's still someone I would rank in the top 12 fantasy quarterbacks this week in a league where I have him. And with you, Carlos, I got Kirk Cousins because I like the spot better. But that doesn't mean that I don't like Trevor Lawrence here. I think he could bounce back and find a way to get Christian Kirk going after he only had one catch for five yards last week. Let's remember Kirk against the Colts caught all six of his targets for 78 yards and two touchdowns. So a bounce back game is likely on top for Kirk. Looking at the Colts, man, a lot of those third round receivers that I loved, like DJ Moore, like even to some extent, Cortland Sutton, he's been better. He's been pretty good. He hasn't just, he hasn't been a smash, but he hasn't been as bad as Moore. And even like Allen Robinson's been a disaster, but we have to also mention Michael Pittman because he's been disappointing aside from that week one game. So you look at his production right now. Um, since returning from injury, five catches, 59 yards, three catches, 31, eight for 72. Now, here's the thing. Alec Pierce has exceeded expectations as a rookie wide receiver. The, rook the rookie has three, three catches for 61 yards, four for 80, eight for 81. Now, look at the usage here that is more troubling for Michael Pittman Jr. We, we pull up his average depth of target is only 6.4 yards. So he's running. I heard this on Shout Out Establish the Run to Evan Silva and Adam Levitan. I heard that like he's running a lot of hitch routes. So those are those really short routes. Offensive line has been really bad for Indianapolis. Matt Ryan has not been good. It's like they're making Pittman that short target uh, type of receiver, which really caps his upside because he's not getting, like, heavy target share. You know, Alec Pierce, since his last two games, has been right on par with Pittman in target share. And Alec Pierce, compared to Pittman's 6.4, is at 11.2. So he's the one they want to get downfield. So mm, I think it's troubling for Pittman. And if you can sell him to someone who still views him as that emerging top 12 fantasy receiver, I would make that move because it's not looking good right now. As for, sorry. Oh, sorry, oh. Carlos. As for the spread, 
that's not, I'm going to still ride with my Jags and take them to win. Yeah, especially with how Matt Ryan's been playing, it it seems very tough to hope for a Michael Pittman, like you said, jump into the top 12 of wide receivers because that would mean he would have to start producing at least a touchdown a game, getting some of those big, even those like, you know, multiple touchdown games over 100 yards, these big, big games. I I find it hard to look at this team the way it's constructed and say, oh, you know, Michael Pittman's going to go off for yeah, like an extreme amount. So I, and like you said, with the downfield threat of Alec Pierce now, that could be something that just completely wipes his massive upside away. Um, the offensive line, like you said, hasn't been playing well. But in a game like this, division opponents again, I'm I'm feeling a nice bounce back for the Jags as well, just because last week, tough division matchup, that stat was great nine and oh i can't even believe it if yeah I would, like if i would have known that that would have been like yeah well. I, oh man oh i want to say one thing and that shutout win the jags had earlier this year in week two alec pierce did not play he was injured nor did michael Pittman. he was injured so they have both now they're at home yeah it does change things still up in the air if jonathan taylor plays i expect him to i don't think naheem hines will play off the concussion so this could be a Taylor blow-up game, too, but I'm still riding with my Jags. Do you think if Taylor plays for sure and is healthy, that kind of sways you towards the Colts? Uh, I think it sways me enough just to not bet on it, mm. probably. Yeah. Fair I enough. would just leave it, and then if I have to make a pick, it would be the Jags. But, yeah, I would. I would probably pass. All right. We have the Cardinals and the Seahawks. We mentioned earlier Rashad Penny's season is over. Hopefully he'll come back next year stronger than ever. But right now it's Kenneth Walker season. Frank, tell us more. Yeah, Kenneth Walker, I'm ranking him in the top 12. You know, it's not like, like I loved Penny, obviously. Everyone knows that. But when Penny was there, you know, Kenneth Walker was lingering in the shadow. He's there. He's still getting work. He's a highly talented rookie. So, But now, Penny's not there. It's just Walker, and he has to deal with DJ Dallas. So that's a, not much competition for, for workload. And he's a really shifty back that can create more yards for himself. Uh, maybe he can be more of a – maybe he could take some uh, work in the receiving game. But this is a huge spot against Arizona and a projected shootout with 50 points as a total. You got to be happy if you have Kenneth Walker. And this whole Seahawks offense has been the biggest surprise in football. They've been full of fantasy goodness because not only has Geno Smith played so well, but Metcalf and Lockett are, are eating and thriving. And, you know, Penny was starting to really get rolling. Now, Walker, it's really condensed. It's just Geno, Metcalf, Lockett, Walker. There's no fringe supporting receiver like, a, you know, on Arizona. Well, let's think of another team. Maybe like on Arizona to some degree. They have Marquise Brown and they have Rondell Moore. No, Arizona is a bad example. Like, like the Jets. 
it's not like the Jets where they're run heavy and you got Garrett Wilson, you got Corey Davis, you got Elijah Moore, you got Brees Hall, you got Michael Carter. It just condensed between Metcalf, Lockett, Walker. So it's great, great for the Seahawks for fantasy. You want that offense. You want pieces of that offense. Cardinals, we could talk about Marquise Brown. He's been so consistent there. I, I That was one of my hits. But I want to talk about Rondale Moore. So when he came back, I was questioning whether he would, you know, immediately assume the full slot role because Greg Dortch played so well in his absence. But that was wrong to think because Rondale Moore last game, Greg Dortch barely played, and Rondale Moore had caught seven of eight targets for 68 yards. And this is a great matchup for him. If you have him, this is the week to use him because it's a shootout. Hopkins is still um, injured. And, you know, James Conner may miss this game. Daryl Williams is likely out. So that means Eno Benjamin is the main back. And maybe they give more touches to Moore. Like, Moore can get carries. I don't know why they don't use him that way. He's so elusive. They should try to get him involved, especially if Conner is out. As for Eno, yeah, he's definitely on the flex radar as a appealing you know, running back in a game which could be high scoring. Picking aside, I'm going with the Seahawks. Uh, I wrote them up in my parlays as well. I want to pull up what I have because I have some good stats on that. Just take a look here. You know, Seattle uh, ranks first in offensive pass DVOA, which is crazy because they have Geno Smith. Um while Arizona on offense ranks 23rd and Murray is only averaging 5.8 yards per attempt. Their offense hasn't really been good. So I'm going with Seattle as the home underdog here uh, to upset Arizona who badly needs Hopkins back. I like it. I like it. And how great is it that now uh, this uh, Geno Smith experiment is turned into a godsend for Seattle and yeah, well, we <laughs> <laughs> you know that it's even funny when you see the the notes like Pete Carroll saying, "Oh, Drew Locke's just nipping at the bud" or whatever. Yeah, what the heck? He's like, he's he's right next to him, just pushing him in competition. And you're like, oh, okay. Like you know, it would be really funny if somehow Drew Locke went if he comes in this year at all, and he just completely tears it up too. That'd be that would be, be funny, sh- yeah. That would be funny too. Uh, I feel like that quote, like, because you just see it the ro- the ed- the NBC Sports Edge headline, it just says Drew Lock nipping at Geno's heels. Well, that makes you think, what? Like he's gonna, what? He, he's fighting for the job, but it just sounds when you read it closely, the full quote, it just pictured Pete uh, Pete Carroll chewing his gum so aggressively, and he's just yeah. like talking. He's just good guy. Good guy, players coach Pete, and he's saying, "Yeah, he's doing everything we could ask of him right now. It's good too that he's got Drew nipping at his heels every day in practice. Every day in practice, Drew does stuff. He's got good stuff going right there in support of what Gino does. It just keeps everybody on their toes. It's the whole thing about competition. It's good, and we like that. It continues to be this way. So he's just saying, like, he's just boosting up his guy. It's not like it's not like Drew Locke is gonna take the job. So you always got to read the full quote." But yeah, that'd be hilarious if he came in and just started dropping bombs downfield, like like yeah. comes Josh Allen. 
Yeah, like what's in the water in Seattle that's causing this? Yeah, with that, it's crazy. This is such a crazy season. I know, but whatever. Russell Wilson, doesn't he wish that he was in this situation with a coach yeah. that just loves throwing the ball? Oh, Frank, yeah. Frank, let's go with the Panthers and the Rams. It's, Panthers. Uh, Chow Matt Rule. Oh, thank you. Well, you never want to cheer. I know we're going to be politically correct. We never want to cheer for Matt, uh, a person to lose his job. But hey, he's getting like 40, what he was old, like 40 million. Uh, they broke it down. He's going to get like 800K plus per month for not coaching. So we don't need to feel sorry that he's fired. Like he deserved to be fired. He was not coaching well. So hopefully this gets DJ Moore going. Coupled with the fact that Baker Mayfield is out. The wide receiver one killer is not starting in this game. He suppressed OBJ's production just like he's doing to DJ Moore. Well, now PJ Walker comes in to start for the Panthers. At least he's more mobile and he can get some, maybe he can get some plays um, off script, you know, like scrambling out of pressure and then, you know, more gets open downfield hey i could see it i'm gonna pull up let's look at pj walker's start last year uh, against the cardinals they won 34 to 10 in arizona you know he he threw for only 167 yards dj moore did nothing four catches for 24 yards but you know at least they won and he moved it up to some degree but we'll see uh anything's better than mayfield right now to be honest and I saw I made a joke tweet like DJ Moore breakout game confirmed because Pete Walk uh, PJ Walker at the presser said I'm going to play the game and get the ball in my playmaker's hands. That's the only way I know. And that's music to my ears. That's what they should be doing all along. But we'll see. Uh, he I I could still be okay starting DJ Moore as a low end wide receiver three this week. But if you have other options like you and I do where we could start like Jacoby Myers that's the much safer play uh got to be encouraged with Christian McCaffrey these last few weeks 12 targets last game nine the previous one he's starting to look like he's back to that just elite 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 RB1 Rams are good in uh, stopping the run but it doesn't matter because McCaffrey could just rack up checkdowns uh Allen Robinson, wow, that was such a swing and a miss. And I bet on his uh receiving yards under for the first time last week. And it was such an enjoyable experience because you never felt threatened in any shape or form. <laughs> like even it was only at 36 and a half. I still it was like a sweat-free bet. He had what like three catches for 12 yards, like Whenever he caught the ball, he did absolutely zero after the catch. Like, sucks to see because he was a good player, but he looks totally washed. Um, Carolina's defense is pretty good, too. This looks like an ugly game. Rams should win, but they've been pretty ugly. Hey, you know, 10.5 seems to be a bit too much for me because, firstly, the Rams are 2-3. and three, Not like they're playing well. They just lost, you know, two in a row. Each game they lost was by double digits. You always could kind of give a team a bit of a boost in their first game following the firing of their coach because it could, like, it's a it's a change in variable. Like, 
this isn't the Matt Rule version of the Panthers. Maybe they play a little differently. Maybe they get amped up playing without Rule, like especially with reports that he lost the locker room. So they they might come out flying. You know what? I'm talking myself into betting on the Carolina Panthers to cover this spread and cause some fits for the Rams here. Uh, really, the Rams, all you want to start is Cup or Higby. You don't want any part of Akers who looks awful or Henderson. It's just meh. Stafford right now is QB 30 in fantasy points per game. Yuck. So it's just an ugly game. Give me the Panthers plus 10 and a half. Oh, boy, am I joining in on that Panthers 10 and a half. PJ Walker, let's go, buddy. It's time to prove how garbage Baker Mayfield actually is. You know, this is one of those games that I feel they they put in the backup, and then yeah. the backup just does everything that, like, the coach tells him to do and yeah. throws to the open spots and the available spots, whereas Baker Mayfield is his own man. He's a strong, independent man. He can do whatever he damn well pleases. Yeah, yeah, you exactly. Know? Yeah, that's think... another variable. Like, it's the struggling quarterback injured and, and in turn bent, like, replaced because of injury. And the coach who was doing poorly, gone. It's two variables there. Yeah, so you, of course, that's a lot of risk. But, you know, just for, like, a little bet, you want to root for you know the Rams to fall off in their Super Bowl run. Take a nice Panthers ten and a half. What can what can go wrong? You always you mentioned uh was it last week or the week before about the crucial half points. Yeah. Right. So making it over ten and a half now makes it a you know that's a full that's two touchdowns now. Right? It's not just two scores, right? It's yeah it's exactly because they're not gonna win by eleven. They're not yeah. going to win by 12. It would have to be 13. So it's just a huge, valuable half point. Like it's the difference from nine and a half to 10 and a half is enormous. So you have to like that for sure. Go Panthers. Yeah, I think I'm going to lock that in right now. Yeah, well, I Frank, like it. Frank, let's go right on to the Bills and Chiefs. What a matchup. The marquee matchup. How do you feel oh. this one's going? Yeah, this is a great game. I think it's telling that the Bills are three-point favorites on the road. I think they're telling you, they're projecting that the Bills are the much better team because if they thought it was a little closer, maybe they'd have Chiefs minus one or minus two and a half, but three, like that's like a that's like a bold statement. And, you know, I don't blame them because the Bills are much more well-rounded. They're, I know the Chiefs, Mahomes is playing great. I think this is a type of game where they could really feel the loss of Tyreek Hill uh, because the Bills' pass defense is outstanding, even with the injuries. They they rank towards the top in that uh, met in the in pass DVOA. I'm just gonna pull it up. Like, look, Lamar Jackson, he struggled against them. Uh, you know, Buffalo they rank sixth in pass DVOA, third in rush. They're just a much better defense, and Josh Allen's balling. This is another statement game for the Bills after they really throttled the uh, Rams in week one. This is another statement game. Really, the Bills should be 5-0. and That was 
pretty an unlucky loss to the Dolphins when they're when they significantly outgain them in yardage and in time of possession. So I think they win here. Uh, you got to like. Well, Gabe Davis just has such a huge ceiling every week. You can never bench that guy, even if he has four bad games in a row. Because you could have been like I told one guy not to like I told him. He asked me between Gabe Davis and I forget someone else. I picked the other player. Like, oh man, I felt so bad. Like, because that is that stings. He had what, like a hundred and he had a hundred and seventy-one yards on three catches. He is just uh, a boomer bust play, but the ceiling is so high. Leave him in your lineup if you have him. Stefan Diggs continues to be a home run. This season, he's having a huge year. Good matchup for him. For the Chiefs, you know, Juju's been a massive disappointment. It's a Travis Kelsey show. Um, we're gonna, we're kind of looking back. Like, remember when people were like, "Oh, he's declining a bit." We're gonna look back and be like, "This team lost Tyree Kill," and then we were questioning Kelsey with that added opportunity. What a mistake! But yeah, four touchdowns last week. He's now scored touchdowns in three of his. Uh, no, in four of his five games, I think like he's obviously it's you know everyone knows he's the top tight end with the Andrews, but we could see him continue to roll there. One thing that's concerning, more nuanced take, is that Ch was out touched by Jarek McKinnon last week, and Isaiah Pacheco was barely used. Maybe they're going to McKinnon again like they did in the playoffs. Who knows if he's available? Pick him up and see what happens in the situation. I like the Bills to win. They'll probably end up winning by three, and it'll push, but I say they win the game. I'm going to lay off the spread just because it feels like one of those games where they either push the three or they win by two, something really close. Just a straight shootout back and forth, back and forth, like we're accustomed to seeing from these two teams. I I kind of lean towards the Bills as well. With the three points, with everything, I think um, this is this is a great opportunity for them to establish their dominance in the AFC, to let it be known around the league that they're not to be fooled around with. And as much as as much as of course, like we'd like to say, oh, Kansas City's you know doing just as well, this and that. I think it's just clear that they're still lacking some sort of help throughout the throughout these games like scraping by to beat the uh to beat Las Vegas which was you know a drop pass away from another loss i think this is a a game where Josh Allen just waves just ends like uh ends any like conversation between what who the best team in the AFC is yeah agreed Sunday night, Cowboys week. Huh. Eagles and Cowboys, Frank. How's Your it going Eagles. With this one? Uh, this is seems like a game where the where you start to really feel uh, the absence of Dak Prescott because the Eagles' pass defense is elite. Their pass rush is elite. They're going to cause problems for Cooper Rush. Um, so I think they cover this six point spread. Jalen Hurts, what more can we say? He's He might set the record for rushing touchdowns. 
He's already at six. I believe the record is Cam Newton in his rookie year. He had like 11 or something. He's going to hit that, I think. Um, just a totally elite fantasy quarterback. Eagles are just monsters. I'm loving that 20 to 1 Super Bowl bet I have. I think they cover this six points. Again, this is another telling spread. They're like, it's a four and one versus five and oh, division rivals. You're giving the Eagles six points. They're really telling you in this situation, they have a clear edge. And that's because of Cooper Rush. I'm seeing like, you know, you know, sort of clickbait videos of, oh, do the Cowboys continue to start Cooper Rush when Dak is back? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I, I mean, I mean, Cooper Rush is undefeated. Yeah, because the defense playing well and he's managing the game effectively does not mean he's a better choice than Dak Prescott. Like, this is a game they're there. Like I said, they're going to feel the absence of, of Dak here. Eagles win. Eagles by double digits here. Uh, floor type of game for CD Lamb. You're not going to want to use Zeke in this one. Yeah. Go Birds. Go Birds. You know what I'm going to say? I've watched uh, so many of these games. I feel as though this one is going to go under the 42. I think this is going to be one of those games um, a little closer than you think. Uh, hopefully I'm wrong, but with the injuries on the offensive line for the Eagles, with that Cowboys pass rush and just defense in general, they might play them a lot harder than a lot of people would imagine. You know, you see Cooper Rush and you're saying, oh, yeah, it's going to be done. But I think this defense can hold the Eagles a little at bay. Uh, yeah, so I agree. Their defense looks great. I just think, like, Cooper Rush is going to have a really bad game here against a really tough matchup. That's true. That's true. I'm... uh. Yeah, I'm hoping for the Eagles win. Get that six, get to that six and zero, and keep moving forward. Especially this is big for the division. This is basically two wins here if we yeah. can get this one. So we'll see what happens. Frank, we're at the final game: the Broncos sure. and the Chargers. Let's go. Let's ride. Broncos and the Chargers. Uh, well. At least if you're a Broncos fan or you like Russell Wilson or you're hopeful that he'll turn it around, at least we have some type of reason why he's playing so poorly, and that's the injured shoulder. He's playing through it. Got to think that's affecting his performance. Uh, but this game, you know, looks like a game where Denver should really lean on the run because the Chargers' run defense is just a mess. Uh, Nick Chubb ran for 134 yards on 17 carries against them last week. Prior to that, Damian Pierce ran for 131 yards on 14 carries. Before that, James Robinson, 100 yards on 17 carries. That's a big problem. So it's a good spot for Melvin Gordon. Maybe Mike Boone gets involved as well. But that's their that should be their plan of attack. Russ, get him those, like, you know, high percentage throws. Make him, you know, rolling out more. You don't have to always chuck it deep. Keep the ball away from Herbert. Run the run the ball. 
Looking at the at the Chargers, it's a tough matchup because Patrick Sertain is looking like an elite corner for Denver. Uh, so maybe this is a down week for Mike Williams. This looks like it'll be a pretty low-scoring game, especially Keenan Allen likely out again, I believe. Uh, Austin Eckler has been balling the last couple weeks, just making you forget about any type of questions you had about him. Like, he has five touchdowns last two games. So he's back to the elite, elite, elite tier of running backs firmly in that spot. Uh, you know, he's he's the only one I really love here. I got to probably bump Mike Williams down because Mike Williams thrives without Keenan Allen, but in against a really good corner, if Allen's not there uh, easing the pressure as another viable threat, this could be a game where he just goes invisible. I could totally see that. So uh, that's the thing there. Um, if I'm picking against the spread, Chargers are five and a half point favorites. I could see them winning anywhere from four to seven points. So it's really tough. Um, I would lay off this game. If I have to pick a side, it's probably the Broncos plus five and a half because it'll probably be a close game. Even though Denver's been so ugly, especially on offense, they've still played in close games it's not like they're going to get blown out so yeah it's just it's it's going to be an ugly game again i think well when it has the broncos in it you have to expect a ugly game from what we've seen so far uh in terms of the chargers i i like what you said about uh, eckler and it might be tough for mike williams this week uh, other than that you know the rise of joshua kelly into uh, the oh, role, yeah. into his backup role now. Uh, at least we get more clarity with that, and we can move Good forward. Uh, do we have? Uh, I think we have even Sony Michelle in a in one of our. Yeah, leagues, we got to so. make that switch right after this. Oh, right Episode after this, can... making our last minute bids. I always look forward to to these waiver days with the NFFC. Seeing we get it, just like feels so nice when you get that nice fab bid and you. You beat out the runner-up by like two bucks. It's just awesome feeling. Yeah, that's such a great feeling. We have our dynasty pool, and we, uh, you know, I got that feeling of ah, I bid on somebody because I put a bid in late at night, and I'm like, okay, let me just look back at this. And then I fell asleep, and I woke up to have uh, K. Dotton on my team for seventeen dollars, which I'm like, okay, that's not bad. Oh, let me see. Who did you get? Sorry, I got K. Dotton. Oh, nice. Nice. That's huge. You know, Everyone I already had sleep and they didn't put him. That's a good pickup. Yeah, it was just something I felt I had the space. I have a pretty good team in that league so far. Yeah, I got do. the Kenneth Walker bump now. So that allowed me to now get rid of a bench player because I'm moving somebody into my starter. So yeah, why not take the shot and, uh, you know, back to this game. I agree with you. I, I think this is going to be somewhat close and divisional divisional matchup. I'll go with the Broncos as well. Frank. All right. We have completed the rundown for week six. How are you feeling about this now? Oh, feeling good. Hoping that uh, my teams in our home league get going because it's been a really bad season so far. Luckily for my sake is our biggest league on NFFC is, is my best team, is our best team. 
Them. That's it. We're like, I think, 120th overall in the online championship, 250k grand prize. Let's go. Let's go, and let's get a, a bleeping dub this week. Let's go.